0: Unfortunate, a Sicilian story. There was a good king of Spain and there was his good queen and they had seven beautiful young daughters. They lived happily, none more happily, until one day a neighbouring king came with a great army. The king of Spain and his people fought valiantly but they were defeated. The king of Spain was carried away captive and the queen and the seven princesses fled into a distant village where they lived but poorly in a cottage, tried to earn a little money by doing embroidery and such like. But somehow, though their work was beautiful and faultless, nobody seemed to want it and very often the queen and the princesses had scarcely enough to eat. Now one summer evening, when the princesses had gone out into the woods to gather wild strawberries and the queen was alone in the cottage, cooking broth for their supper, an old gypsy woman came knocking at the door, offering some tawdry pieces of lace in exchange for food or money. Well, little old grandmother, said the queen, I can give you a bowl of broth and welcome, but of money today I have none at all. I am that unfortunate queen of Spain whose dear husband was carried away prisoner, and now with my seven daughters I live here in poverty. But come in, rest yourself, and if a bowl of broth will content you, that you shall have. So the old gypsy woman went in and sat by the fire. She gobbled up her bowl of broth and then she sat looking into the fire and muttering to herself. At last she said, Queen, for such as I, it is given to look into the past and into the future and to read the causes of things, of the good fortune and the ill fortune that attends as mortals, and of the bringing of the one and the curing of the other. In your family you have a daughter who is indeed unfortunate, and it is due to her that all this misery has befallen you. She has an evil destiny. Send that daughter away and you will win back your king and your kingdom." "'What?' cried the Queen. "'Drive away one of my own daughters.' "'Yes, lady, there is no other remedy.' "'But which daughter?' cried the Queen. "'They are all so dear, so good. "'How can I tell which is the one that brings ill fortune?' "'Easily enough,' said the old gypsy woman. "'Tonight, when your daughters sleep in their beds, "'take a candle and go from one bed to another.' Three of the girls will be sleeping on their right sides with their hands folded together under their chins. Three will be sleeping on their left sides with their arms under the coverlet. One will be sleeping on her back with her hands crossed on her breast. That is the one you must send away for on her lies the curse of an evil destiny and misfortune follows her wherever she goes. And so having said, the old gypsy woman went away leaving the queen in great bewilderment. Well, by and by, the seven princesses came in. We didn't find a single strawberry, not a single one, they cried. Somebody had been in the woods before us and picked them all. Oh, why does everything go wrong for us? Why? Why? Never mind, said the queen. Perhaps you will have better luck tomorrow. But the princesses said they never had any luck at all. They ate their broth in silence and then they each one curtsied to their mother like the well-behaved young princesses they were, and all of them went to bed. The Queen sat for a long time looking into the fire and thinking of the gypsy woman's words. At last she sighed, lit a candle and went into the room where the seven princesses lay in seven narrow beds, all sleeping soundly. Tiptoeing from bed to bed, the Queen looked down at her beautiful sleeping daughters. Three lay on their right sides with their hands folded under their chins. Three lay on their left sides with their arms under the coverlet. But the seventh and youngest lay on her back with her arms crossed on her breast. Oh, my darling, my darling, must I send you away? whispered the Queen. And she wept. The Queen's tears fell on the hands of the youngest princess. She stirred in her sleep. She woke. She opened her eyes. "'Serious, little mother, why do you weep?' "'Have we not good cause to weep, little daughter? "'I am queen, and you, my princess, is living like peasants in a tumble-down cottage.' "'But that cannot be the reason,' said the princess, "'or you would have wept long ago. "'I think something has happened today whilst we were out. "'Tell me what it is.' "'No, no, no!' "'But the princess would not listen to no.' She bothered and bothered until at last the Queen had to tell her about the gypsy woman and what she had said. Then the Princess threw her arms around the Queen's neck and kissed her many times. Go to bed and sleep, dearest little mother, she said. We will think about it in the morning, for the morning is wiser than the evening. So the Queen went to bed, and no sooner was the Queen sleeping than the little Princess got up very, very quietly, dressed herself packed a small bundle of this and that, and stole out of the cottage. Goodbye, dear mother, goodbye, dear sisters, she whispered. Now I, Unfortunate, take my leave. That fortune may come to you again. So Unfortunate wandered on her way, and in the morning came to a pleasant house set back in a garden by the side of the road. She peeped in through a window and saw several ladies at work, some sitting at looms weaving, some spinning, some making lace. Perhaps I might find service here, she thought. She knocked at the door. One of the ladies left her loom and opened the door. Can I take service here, my lady? said the princess. Oh yes, we need a servant. What is your name? Unfortunate. Well, come in, Unfortunate. If you work well, you will find us easy to please. So Unfortunate went in, and the lady set her to work, sweeping, cleaning, cooking. She worked with a will, and for a week all went well, and then one day the lady said, Unfortunate, my sisters and I are going on a short journey to visit some friends. We shall not return until tomorrow. You bolt the front door and the back door on the inside, and I will lock them on the outside. We can trust you, can we not, Unfortunate, to see that no one gets in to steal the silk and the lace and the cloth we have made? Oh yes, my lady, you can trust me, said Unfortunate. So the ladies went away. They locked the doors on the outside and Unfortunate bolted them on the inside. She spent the day cleaning and polishing till she had everything shining bright. When night came she went to bed well satisfied with all her work and thinking how pleased the ladies would be when they came back. Almost immediately she fell asleep. But at midnight she woke to hear strange sounds downstairs, muttering and heavy breathing and the noise of tearing cloth and the snap, snap, snap of rusty scissors. Jumping out of bed and hastily lighting a candle, she ran downstairs. Oh, horror, what did she find? A hideous old hag standing beside a heap of torn lace and cut-up cloth. Yes, all the fine work of the ladies lay in tattered heaps about the old hag's feet. (laughs) Ha-ha! laughed the old hag. (laughs) Ha-ha! And even as Unfortunate sprang to snatch the scissors from her, the old hag blew out the candle and disappeared. But how she went, whether through the locked door or the barred window, who can tell? Sobbing bitterly, Unfortunate lit more candles and set about gathering up the tattered cloth and the scraps of cut-up lace. Oh, What would her ladies say when they came back? What would they say? And what did they say? "'Oh, you wicked, shameless girl! "'Is this our reward for taking you in and being kind to you?' "'They beat her and drove her from the house, "'and she wandered on her way, "'not knowing or caring whither she went. "'So wandering, she came in the late afternoon to a village. "'At the entrance to the village, "'she saw a little shop that sold bread and vegetables and wine. "'Having eaten nothing all day, she was very hungry, "'but she had no money.' So as she stood, looking longingly at all the good things to eat in the shop window, the shopwoman saw her and came to the door. "'Little one, are you hungry?' "'Oh, I am, I am.' "'Then step in. Things have come to a pretty pass "'if we can't spare a bite for a poor little soul like you.' Unfortunate went in, and the shopwoman gave her some bread and cheese and a glass of wine." Then, having spoken her thanks most politely, Unfortunate got up to go on her way. And where are you going? asked the shopwoman. I, I don't know, said poor Unfortunate. But it will be dark soon, said the shopwoman, and the roads are none too safe for young girls. If you care to sleep here at the back of the shop, I can shake down a few sacks for you to lie on. So, having thanked again, the shopwoman most prettily, unfortunate lay down on her bed of sacks and was soon sound asleep with her hands crossed on her breast. By and by, the shopwoman's husband came in. "'Who is that sleeping on the sacks there?' said he. "'Oh, just a poor little benighted maiden I felt pity for.' "'Well, I hope she may be honest,' said the husband, and he and his wife went to bed. All quiet until midnight.' Then through the shop window stepped a hideous old hag. The old hag seized up the loaves of bread, tore them into pieces with her claw-like hands and flung the pieces onto the shop floor. Then she knocked over the vegetable baskets and went striding up and down over the spilled fruit and vegetables until the shop floor was thick with the pulpy mash of everything the baskets had contained. What next? Down into the wine cellar with her, to take the bungs out of all the cars. Now the cellar lay inches thick in a pool of wine and beer, and so, leaving ruin behind her, the old hag stepped out through the window again and vanished in the darkness. And all this without a sound. When the shopman got up in the morning and saw the wreckage, he snatched up a broom, shook unfortunate into wakefulness and beat her. You! 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 He could scarcely speak for rage. Get out before I kick you out and if I ever see your face again. ah." But Unfortunate did not wait to hear what he would do. She ran out of the shop and out of the village and away and away and away. She ran out of one kingdom and into another kingdom and still she ran until, exhausted, she fell by the roadside in a faint. So the day passed. The sun set. Now it was night, and still, unfortunate lay like one dead at the side of the road. When next morning the rising sun shone on her face, she came to herself, opened her eyes and looked about her. Larks were singing overhead, and near at hand she heard the babbling of a brook. Ah, for a drink of water! She got up and climbed over the fence into a meadow, through which a bright little stream was flowing. Stooping over the stream was a woman washing clothes. At the sound of Unfortunate's footsteps, the woman raised her head and looked round. and who should the woman be, ah, who should she be but the old nurse, Dame Francesca, who had dandled Unfortunate on her knees when Unfortunate was a tiny child. Nurse! 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 My little princess! There they were, hugging and kissing each other. "'But what has come to you, my darling, that you... "'What are you doing here all alone? "'And, and, and why so pale? And, and why so ragged?' "'Then Unfortunate told Dame Francesca all that had happened, "'and the dame who had brought dinner in a basket "'gave Unfortunate to eat and drink. "'I am now laundry woman to the prince of this country,' "'said Dame Francesca. "'You shall come home with me and live in my cottage "'until we see better times.' "'For better times will come, my darling. Yes, they will come. "'So now, if you will help me finish my washings, "'we shall be the quicker done with it and on our way home. "'Though to be sure, washing clothes is scarcely work for a princess.' "'I have done every kind of work since I last saw you, dear nurse,' said Unfortunate, "'and she took up one of the prince's shirts to rinse it in the stream.' Oh me, what happened? The shirt gave a jump and a twist. It jerked itself out of Unfortunate's hand. It floated away down the stream. It caught on the trailing stem of a bramble bush. And when Unfortunate ran to take it off the bush, it had a great tear across the back. Yes, I see that you are indeed unfortunate, said Dame Francesca. I think you must have an evil destiny. But never mind, my darling. You shall live with me, and I will wait on you. You shall do no work at all. And I have some thoughts about your destiny and how we may set all right. So, unfortunate went with Dame Francesca to her cottage and lived there. And as long as she put her hand to no work, all went well but let her try to help dame francesca in any way if she tried to wash the crockery it broke under her hand if she tried to darn dame francesca's stockings the little holes in them grew bigger and bigger if she tried to sweep out the kitchen the dust blew back through the door until at last dame francesca said leave leave all out with you into the sunshine but no sooner had unfortunate gone out into the sunshine than great clouds gathered in the sky and down came the rain. Your destiny is against us, said Dame Francesca, but we'll beat her yet. Now my destiny is a very different kind of person. So one day Dame Francesca baked two sweet cakes she put the cakes in a basket and said to Unfortunate, Take these cakes, go and stand on the sea beach and call my destiny. Call loud and clear, call three times. Our destiny of Dame Francesca, our destiny of Dame Francesca, our destiny of Dame Francesca. At the third call, my destiny will come to you out of the sea. Give her one of these cakes with my greetings in the Haska very politely mind, to tell you where your destiny can be found. So Unfortunate took the two cakes and went to stand on the sea beach and called three times, our destiny of Dame Francesca, our destiny of Dame Francesca, our destiny of Dame Francesca. At the third call, a beautiful, shining, smiling lady rose out of the sea. Then Unfortunate took one of the cakes from the basket and giving the cake to the beautiful, shining lady said, Dame Francesca sent you this cake with her compliments. And sweet destiny of Dame Francesca, would your ladyship do me a great kindness and direct me to the place where I might find my own destiny? The beautiful shining lady smiled and said, Take that narrow mule track over the sand hills and through the thicket. In the midst of the thicket you will find an old hag sitting under a thorn bush by a well. She is your destiny. Greet her kindly and offer her a cake. She will be very rude to you. And she will refuse the cake, but lay it at her feet and come away. So Unfortunate thanked the lovely lady and went over the sand hills and through the thicket, and came to where the old hag sat under a thorn bush t- beside the well. Oh, how hideous that old hag was! How dirty, how bleary-eyed, how slobbery, how ragged! Unfortunate trembled at the sight of her and almost ran away, But she pulled herself together, curtsied low and said, My little destiny, I bring you this cake if you'll be pleased to accept it. Away with it! Away with it! screamed the old hag. I want no gifts of yours! And she spat on the ground and turned her face away. So then Unfortunate laid the cake at her feet and went sadly back to tell Dame Francesca all about it. Dame Francesca was folding up the prince's laundry, She listened to Unfortunate's tales of woe and laughed. Never say die, she said. We'll win the old hag over yet. She packed the neatly folded laundry into a basket and hurried off with it to the prince's palace. Dame Francesca, said the prince, you are a treasure. Your work for me gets better every day. Here is a little present for you. And he gave Dame Francesca two gold coins. What did Dame Francesca do with those two coins? She went into the town and bought an elegant dress, fine underclothes, a dainty headscarf, a sponge, a cake of sweet-smelling soap, a hairbrush and comb, and a bottle of scent. And these things she took home and gave to unfortunate. Now, my darling said she off with you again to that old hag your destiny and will she or won't she strip off her clothes wash her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet brush comb and scent her and dress her in these new clothes no doubt she will scream and hit out at you but be firm be firm get on with the work and take no notice of her squawkings she is but a weak old woman, and you are young and strong. And when she is clean from top to toe, sweetly scented, and dressed as a lady should be dressed, give her this cake and say, My little Destiny, I, Unfortunate, wish you well. Give me, I pray, a new name. So Unfortunate took all these things and went out over the sand hills to the thicket where her Destiny sat under the hazel bush by the well. She pounced on the old hag, stripped off her clothes, dipped the sponge in the well and began to wash the dirty old thing from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, whilst the old hag screamed and struggled and called unfortunate every bad name she could think of. But when unfortunate, having dried her and sprinkled her with scent, began to dress her all in the new fine clothes, the old hag stopped screaming and chuckled. And every moment she became younger and fairer looking, until when she was completely dressed and Unfortunate was combing her hair. That hair turned from dirty grey to shining gold and there she was laughing and eating her cake. Then Unfortunate cut it low and said, My little Destiny, I wish you well. Give me, I pray, a new name. (laughs) Chuckled the Destiny. (laughs) That's what you're after, is it? Well then, for the good you have done me, I will give you a new name and your name shall be... Fortunata. And here, Fortunata, is a christening present for you, said she, handing Fortunata a little box. So happily, happily, Fortunata thanked her destiny, said goodbye to her, took the little box and went home to Dame Francesca. Now let us see what your destiny has given you, my pretty, said Dame Francesca, and they opened the box. What was in it? Just a a piece of gold braid. I don't call that much of a present, said Dame Francesca, and she tossed the little box into a cupboard and bustled off to the palace to see if the prince had any orders for her. The prince was dressed in his most splendid uniform, with all his medals and decorations glittering on his coat, but he was walking up and down in a state of distraction. Dame Francesca! he said, flinging out his arm. This is disgraceful. There is a piece of braid missing from my sleeve and in all the tan there is no such braid to be bought. Now I am due to review my troops but how can I face them with my coat in this condition? I think they may not notice it, your highness, said Dame Francesca. Not notice it, cried the prince. Not notice it. Why do I care whether they notice it or not? I notice it. How can I expect my troops to keep themselves in perfect trim when I, their commander, appear before them in this slovenly condition? There is a remedy for most things, said Dame Francesca, and she hurried home, picked up the box that Fortunata's destiny had given her, and brought it to the prince. My good Dame Francesca, said the prince he opened the box and looked inside and yes it was the very same braid as the braid that was missing from his sleeve i will pay you in gold the weight of this little box and its contents and he called for a pair of scales he put the little box on the scale and a piece of gold on the other scale but the gold did not weigh down the little box the prince put another piece of gold on top of the first one but neither did the two pieces of gold weigh down the little box He put a third piece of gold on the scale. He put a fourth piece, a fifth, a sixth, and still the scales did not move. He called for a whole bag of gold and laid it on the scale, but the whole bag of gold did not weigh down the little box. Dame Francesca, cried the prince, how is this possible? Can you explain this mystery? I will fetch one who can explain it, my prince, said Dame Francesca, and off with her again to her cottage. "'Come, my pretty, come,' she said to Fortunata. "'The prince is asking for you.' And holding Fortunata firmly by the hand, she led her to the prince. Very pretty, very shy, the little princess looked in her shabby clothes. She made the prince an elegant curtsey and stood silent. "'Who are you?' said the prince. "'And what is your name?' "'I am the youngest daughter of the King of Spain, Your Majesty,' said the princess.' The king was taken prisoner by his enemies. Yesterday I was called unfortunate, but this morning my destiny gave me a new name. She said that henceforth I should be called Fortunata. Lovely Fortunata, said the prince. Tell me your story. So the princess told him everything, and the prince said, all this shall now be put right. He sent for the ladies with whom Fortunata had taken service and when they stood beside him he said at what price do you reckon the damage that was done to your work on that unhappy night? They told him 200 pieces of gold and the prince paid them and said this poor girl whom you have beaten and driven from your door is the daughter of a king. Think of that and be ashamed. Now away with you. So they went, shamefaced, away, and the prince sent for the shopman whose goods were spoiled, and him also he paid and sent away. Then he summoned his army and marched off to do battle with the enemy of the king of Spain. In the battle he was victorious. He put the enemy to flight, brought the king of Spain out of prison and restored his kingdom to him. Then the Queen, Fortunata's mother and Fortunata's six sisters left their poor little cottage and rejoined the king in his palace. And after that, well, what after that? Of course Fortunata married the prince. Everyone was happy, including Dame Francesca, who went to live at the palace as head nurse and bustled about and laughed and sang as she tended the Princess Fortunata's pretty babies.